When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Gallagher Shots YouTube and podcast channel. We are back with another match preview. They are coming thick and fast as we roll up to the Christmas period. Uh, this one is going to be looking towards the home fixture against Fulham. I'm Scott, I'm your host for this one, and this week I'm joined by Daryl and Andy. Daryl, mate, have we got over last night yet? Do you know what, mate? Yes, I have. And by the way, welcome back, because I know you've been out for a few weeks or a little bit of time anyway, and it's good to see you back with us. Um, But yeah, absolutely, after last night, you know, yes, it's disappointing that we've crashed out completely. But for me, and I've taken the stick from you all in the group chat, it's always been last 16 or bust for me. Um, And you know what it is? Let's use this time to recover, recoup. Not that we've got a lot of time before Christmas to do that, but Let's take advantage of it and make sure we can surge for a top four finish at the end of the season. Yeah, we'll need to be top four now as well because uh, both ourselves and Manu haven't done the best. Well, I think results in the Europa League can help. So let's hope Brighton yes. can do something in that all. Or even West Ham because we like both of those teams. Um, Andy, yes. mate, how are you? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Very glad to have you back, good. I have to say. I've been dodging hosting oh, for a while, so it's good to have you permanently back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm all right. I'm sad, but, you know, we move. We all, yeah, we move on. It's an experience, if anything else. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, for those of you who are totally unaware, and, and why would you be, considering what you're watching, uh, we're recording this the night after uh, the Champions League game against AC Milan. Um, but this is the uh, match preview for Fulham. Before we get into that, here's a little message from our sponsor. The Gallagher Shots Match Preview is brought to you by Magpin. Magpin are the go-to site for high-quality, unofficial enamel pin badges of Newcastle United players, legends and retro kits. For more information, visit their website at magpinbadges.bigcartel.com. Yeah, so as I mentioned, this is the preview for the Fulham game. It is a home fixture Saturday, the 16th of December. It's getting so close to Christmas. You've opened almost half of your doors, or probably all of your, half of your doors on your advent calendar by then. Um, probably probably already have done. Um, but it's a 3pm kickoff, which we seem to be getting a lot of on a Saturday, which means it's not on UK TV. Uh, so go and watch a non-league side, or whatever they say that you're supposed to do when the when the game's on there. But Fulham, Daryl, uh, currently sitting in 10th place. They had a bit of a rocky start of the season, but they seem to have got a bit of form of late. Uh, they're in 10th place, like I said, on 21 points. Uh, six wins, three draws, and seven defeats. They are, on, they are on a nice even zero goal difference, and a lot of that had to do with their last two games, where they've won 5-0 in each. Um, given the fact they've had a bit of form and, and the form that we're in, are we a little bit concerned about this one? Is it is it going to be another touchy one, or do you think home home crowds are, are you know 
something that we can kind of take for granted that it's going to be a harder game for them than us. Yeah, I mean, you know, they did win those last two games 5 0, and they've been scoring for fun in effect but as a result. Um, and not necessarily, well, I, I suppose against Forest, you could see that sort of result happening yeah. um, given the situation that they're in. But again, the, the result against West Ham came as a complete surprise to me last weekend. Um, but, you know, they were both home results as well. So they're travelling away from home. I don't think the form's been that great just off the top of my head. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they come up to us at St James's on Saturday. And again, it's going to be down to how we're reacting to the de- defeat against AC Milan. Are we going to be sulking on the pitch? Or is it going to be a case of, well, you know, that's over and done with. We've now got a point to prove. We're now going to have to, you know, roll the sleeves up, dust ourselves off as a, a, per- a a previous manager used to say um, but again you know there's a home game support get behind the lads and then we'll just be ready to go and, and just cheer them over the line um, I think far from the prediction we might have made last season in this game I think it might be a bit of a closer game just because of the momentum that Fulham have with the, the results that they've had in the last few games yeah, absolutely. And momentum is is key uh, when you come to these type of games, especially when they come so thick and fast like they do during this period, Andy. Um, Fulham, they like play, looks like a 4-2-3-1 a lot of the time, um, which kind of suits us a little bit. They, they're, not, they're not ones to sit back from what I've seen. They, they do like to attack, which I think we like that because it allows the space for us to you know attack as well. Um, there won't be as much breaking down needed, we would assume. No, um, I mean, Eddie Howe has stuck with the tried and tested formation despite everything sort of going a bit pear-shaped at the moment. Uh, They're scoring Mm -hmm. for fun, we're conceding for fun. So on the face of it, it's going to be quite a tricky one. But you're right, tactically, they've set up pretty much the same for the entire season. They've had a very set 11 uh, with that front four. I think it's Willian, it will be Jimenez recently. And then they put that Pereira as a number 10 as well. Back four yeah. set. The two holding midfielders are set. They're just a sort of nice, comfortable team. I mean, being 10th with a zero goal difference is about as boring of a middle mid-table <laughs> team as you can be, really, isn't it? But uh, yeah, they've had some yeah. they've had some sort of on and off results. Lost to Villa, beat Wolves, lost to Liverpool, beat Forest, beat West Ham, obviously. Um, but with all of those goals, they've scored 16 goals in the last four games. The top scorer has only got four goals, which is Willian and Jimenez. And I think Willian's just a penalty merchant. So that's usually the sign of a good team, a team that spreads the goals out. We obviously did that quite a lot ourselves last season. Yep. Um, so tactically, you've got to imagine how he's going to just do what he normally does. We know now that we can bring some players off the bench, despite Milan obviously being a bit of a heartbreaker. One of the positives was that we could make three subs and they were actually positive subs, not just bringing off random kids. Um, So hopefully we can go into this game with a few more fresh legs um, and we can do what we're best at, which is blowing teams away at home, outrunning them, out intensitying them is that a bit of word uh, but uh, yeah we saw against Milan even just for that first half with the crowd behind them we can get ahead and, and do do teams mm-hmm. um, it's just whether we can sustain that for 90 minutes so hopefully we can yeah and I think Daryl obviously we, we all know what the home crowd can do to this team and I think it's you know more than ever I think these lads are going to need the fans behind them on Saturday just to you know, just to let them know, look, forgive and forget about what happened in the Champions League. And let's be honest, it's not like we had a bad account by any stretch of the imagination. 
we just got unlucky with the draws that we had and the teams that we were facing. But, um, you know, you'd expect the the be a bounce back, not just from the players, but also from the people in the stadium on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. We said it in the preview for the Milan game, how important that the support would be to, to the team. And it proved, in, as Andy said in that first half, mm. that we got behind them and they gave us a performance that was worthy of that as well. Um, they really fed off the energy of the crowd. And again, you would call arms again for, for Saturday that we need to be there. We need to be behind them. We need to give them that support to help get them through a difficult period of so many games that we've got coming up now. Um, and I fully expect that we'll be able to do that. And we should be, we should do it as well. You know, they deserve it. You know, like you say, we give a great account of ourselves in the first Champions League campaign for 20 years. Um, again, lucky with a couple of results, as you say. And, you know, it, it's just one of them things. And like, like I said at the very start, it, I am disappointed, but I'm not totally devastated because I think we can all agree that this is just the start and there are more, more of these times to come. Yeah, well, we'll we'll turn the focus back onto Fulham just for a, a short period more, Andy. Um, just want to touch on their injuries a little bit. Uh, Issa Diop is on that list. Adama Traore, who I never even realised they'd signed. Um, I thought he was still out in Spain. Um, and player you mentioned earlier, William, he's out. Well, he's out up to now. And again, as I say, every single week, we're recording this before any press conferences have, uh, you know, taken place. So, you know. These could change at a moment's notice, but from what I've seen from the list at the minute, it's Diop, Traore and Willian. Yeah, it's um, it must be nice for them to be able to count their injuries on one hand because we haven't got enough limbs and digits <laughs> on any feet, hands or feet for hours. But uh, yeah, I think Diop's been out a little while. Traore, yeah, I don't think he's done an awful lot when he's been there, but obviously he kind of fell off the radar as well, didn't he? And then Willian, I think Harry Wilson's been coming in in his position when Willian's been injured and he's done pretty well. I think he scored in both of those five nils, set up a couple of goals as well. Um, so yeah, they're the one of these teams where because they've got the set 11 and they've got um, sort of, I don't want to say Premier League pedigree, but do you know what I mean? They've been around the Premier League a while, so they've got experience. those good sort of, yeah, they've got that, they've got those experienced players who can come off the bench and, you know, they won't be completely useless to be able to do a job. Um, they are still in the League Cup, I think. Um, so they yeah. are still doing the midweeks every now and then. But obviously, yeah, not to go beat the same dead horse over and over again, but, you know, they haven't had to do these midweeks every single week with no players. So they are going to be fresher than us. But, as we've said, um, one thing we have over any team, I think, in the entire division is that lift that we get from the fans. We look like we can run, you know, 10 mile an hour faster for 20 miles further. It's just crazy what this crowd does. Um, I mean, yep. Fulham, I think we've got generally a good record against them in the Premier League. I believe that the last time we lost to them was in the Championship when they did the double over us. And uh, yeah, think... they beat us first game of the season and said, welcome to the Championship <laughs> in that season. Yes. But we all know how yes. that ended. <laughs> yes, I remember that well. Yeah, I think I was looking because while I've been away, I've noticed you've been very stat-heavy boys on these previews. So I, I try to get a little stat prepared. <laughs> that sounds like um, another way of saying boring. Um, <laughs> no, not boring at all. I, I'm, you know, whatever floats your boat. But I think the last six meetings between us um especially at home i don't think they've they've beaten us once i think it's been four wins and two two draws um obviously mm. the last game we played against fulham was the infamous mitrovic mitrovic penalty uh daryl where he did, <laughs> I he did about a, that. a nice solid by kicking the ball twice before it goes in the back of the net um obviously he's not there anymore um but it was always nice to see a bit of a little bit of alexander mitrovic just 
rocking the rocking the Premier League every now and again. Yeah, the secret agent Mitrovic, I suppose, came out in in that <laughs> moment where he hit the double touch. Um, I was reading into that game actually just as I prep for this, and um, they actually gave it as a result of a, a VAR review for a foul, but there was two fouls at that time, and I can't remember which of the two they gave it for. I think they were both sort of credible shouts for a penalty. Um, but again, that was just ruled out by a very, very late Alexander Izak winner in the 89th minute. Um, and again, that was at a time of the season where we had sort of, you know, we'd not long lost to Sheffield Wednesday. In the, or I think we were about to lose to Sheffield Wednesday. We may have already lost to Sheffield Wednesday anyway at that point because it came in the middle of January. Um, and it was also just before I think we had a little break as well, that little mid-season break that they've sort of shoehorned in between the third and fourth rounds of the Cup. Um, so it, it, you know, it, it sort of spurred. It was sort of a catalyst to the rest of that season uh, at the time. But you know, it was a tricky game. I remember it being yeah. quite a tricky game, and I was very worried when the penalty was awarded at the time. And I thought, if he does score this, I wasn't sure at the time how we'd be able to fight back into it. Um, but again, we he scored it, and then all of a sudden you're thinking, well, actually he's double touched it. So once it was reviewed and, and then correctly, obviously disallowed, and like, we resumed with the free the free kick from the goalkeeper. Um, it was a case of can we break them down, and it did take all the way till the end, as I said, the 89th minute winner. But it was doable. Um, and to be honest, just jumping ahead a little bit, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something similar on Saturday. Well, you must have thought because there was two fouls that he could kick the ball twice. That's the only explanation. Well, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll move on to Newcastle because uh, this is a Newcastle channel. Uh, at the end of the day, um, obviously, you know, last night we saw Trippier and Gordon coming off. Uh, probably sooner than anyone would have liked, but it, it has emerged that they were both carrying a little bit of an injury. Gordon had a tight hamstring and uh, Trippier was unknown to, to what Eddie House said, so we, we still don't know. But he did take a bit of a fall. I think he landed on his hip awkwardly, yes. if I remember rightly. So mm-hmm. maybe it was that. Um, obviously, Trippier was banned anyway for this game because of the yellow card in the previous fixture, Andy. Um, but if Gordon isn't fit, that's a bit of a blow. Uh, to that right-hand yeah. side, uh, sorry, to the left-hand side, uh, where he seems to be probably one of our best players this season. Yeah, I think I think even now, Gordon's probably still the player of the season. He's just looked, you know, solid uh, every single game. He's looked like the game-changer every single game. Just going back to Trippier, I don't think he's been right for three or four games, you could see. Mm. I mean, the Everton game was... Maybe the crunch moment for him, where he looked like he couldn't even kick a ball. He was he was so knackered mentally and and physically. So maybe getting this sort of niggle, it, who knows what it is, and obviously being suspended anyway. Maybe he can just have a have a week and chill out and get back to his best because he's obviously been such an iconic player for us. But yeah, Gordon. I mean, we've been saying for weeks the sooner Harvey Barnes can get back into the team so Gordon can have a night's kip, the better because the lad must be absolutely <laughs> knackered. Um, he, he has been our best player. He's been dynamic. He's been sharp. We've seen this season he's come on leaps and bounds in terms of his movement and his finishing and everything. So, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be a big miss. Uh, presumably, we might see Joe Linton out on the left or we do what we did at the end of the Milan game and put Isak out there. However, I'm not 100% sold on Isak as a winger. He is obviously mm. our best number nine. And when I've seen him out wide, even though he has the ability to obviously run with the ball and beat players, he doesn't seem to have that instinct as a winger to want to run past people. Obviously, people are going to say, well, what about the Everton game when he took on the entire team? I know, but 
generally he does you don't really see him do it he wants to drop a bit deeper and then just lay it off he doesn't necessarily make those runs but then you think what else are we going to do I mean I don't know what you guys think who else can really go out there it's only really Joe Linton for me as a a proper Mm -hmm. left winger yeah I mean if if Longstaff is fit which it looks like he you know come out of the game last night unscathed um obviously then we don't know until until Eddie's press out tomorrow you'd imagine You'd imagine what would have normally happened would have been Longstaff would have came in. It would have unfortunately been Lewis Miley who would have probably dropped down to the bench. But with what's happened to Gordon, you probably move Joel Linton out onto the left and then you play Longstaff, Miley, and Bruno in the middle because um, he knows what we need. Um, and then it's well, just to well, just to on the left. Uh, just to ask, do you, when we're a fully fit squad, would you what would you say is the best front three? Because I was talking to my mate about this earlier, and he thinks it's Joel Linton on the left, Gordon on the right with Isak in the middle, because I think when Linton has played at left wing with Willock as the left-sided centre-mid, we have looked unreal with those overloads. Yeah. Um, whereas on the flip side, when we haven't had that, it's just been Miggy and Trippier or bust until Gordon obviously started mm. finding his feet. So I'd be interested to get your take on that, actually, because <clears throat> we're going to hopefully mm. have that dilemma soon. Yeah. Um, I do think Joe Linton on the left is better than Joe Linton in the middle. Although last night... He was phenomenal. Mint. Um, yeah. But yeah. only when he's got someone like Willick where he can chop and change and kind of leave the defence guessing who's going to be there, what's going to go on. Because you've either got the powerhouse of Joel Linton who he can run with the ball. He's, he's a bit nifty with his feet. He's quite technical. Um, and then you've got Willick. And we all know what Willick can do with the ball at his feet as well. So, um, you know, I think if you've got someone like that who can chop and change with them, then 100% all day you put Joel Linton on the left and and Gordon on the right, or even Harvey Barnes, um, you know, because well, we haven't seen much of them. You've got Harvey Barnes who can play on the left as well. So, yeah, I, I, it's hard to pick a best lineup for that because uh, we haven't really seen too much of it because of the injuries yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, well, yeah. I can't wait to actually be able to have a proper conversation about it and be like, oh, who are we going to pick this week? Because <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. we've just been so boring the last few weeks, hasn't it? Same 11 again. Yep. Yeah, right next video. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely. Darryl, what's I mean, your opinions you, on that? I mean, I think it, it's going to come into like who is actually going to be available now. And I think from what we know, um, which isn't a great deal, but we can sort of surmise that we think Harvey Barnes is very, very, very close to being back in the squad. Um, Sven Botman, it was reported at least at the start of last week that he'd returned to training. So whether or not he'll be nearly ready to make an appearance is another matter. I know they're monitoring his situation very carefully at the club and it's all about whether or not his knee flares up again and then it'll be a case of, well, if it happens again, does he need surgery and all that? So that's another headache to worry about. Um, but again, if we can get another few bodies just back in and fit... I mean, Jacob Murphy seemed all right when he was jumping around in the studio behind me last night in, <laughs> in the TNT studio in the corner. Um, but again, you know, it'd be great just to get a couple more bodies back just to have those options available to us. Um I think if Jacob Murphy, for example, was back fit, then I think you might suddenly see a, a pickup in Miguel Amaron's form. Um, we, well, I think we can all agree he's sort of been suffering in the last few weeks now. And I think it's down to a lack of competition uh, mm. for his place, to be honest. Now, I know we've talked about switching Gordon over and, and whatnot and moving things around, but I think Miggy needs Murphy on his heels just to push him to the... To, to be consistently better than what he has been the last few weeks. Um, again, it doesn't fault his work ethic because he does put in a shift and does get himself around the pitch. But 
it's interesting because you mentioned there about Joel Linton and Gordon and, and who plays left wing and that. And that. I would be tempted if he's back in if he's back in contention for the game on Saturday, maybe start Harvey Barnes and give him an hour before changing it up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know if that's any how style to just bring someone straight back in. He kind of likes to give them time off the bench, mm. bed them back into the side, and then get them up to to fitness. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, we need to take a little bit of a step back on the lineup as well because we know about the Kieran Trippier um, suspension slash injury now. Um, so, what do you do there? Do you do you move Tino over to the left, which is his natural position? Uh, sorry, over to the right. Um, Although, if I'm being honest, he, he didn't look as good last night on the right than he did on the left. But I think that's maybe more about you know going up against Rafael Leal than anything else. Um, and then, do yeah. you play Dan Byrne or do you do you play um, uh, Hall in in that in that right position? I think a lot of that depends on how Naka the two centre backs are, and if you need Dan Byrne to you know cover for Shaw or um, Lascelles. Uh, Andy, mate, what would you do yeah. in the defensive lineup? Uh, I think w- the most likely thing we'll see will be how we ended the game against Milan with Byrne, Shah, Lascelles, Livramento. I don't know what it is about Lewis Hall, but how just obviously doesn't rate him, whether he just thinks he's not quite yeah. there tactically or mm. fitness-wise. It, it's maybe another Anthony Gordon situation where we've signed this raw talent who we know is really, really good. He just needs that year of the ridiculously intense training that we know how puts them through. So yeah. maybe it is a good time to put Hall in there. But even with all the uh, fatigue and the injuries we've had, we, Howe has been really, really reluctant to put him in. So I think it's unlikely. I think it'll probably be Burn left back, Livermore right back. And I agree with you. He didn't look quite as good on the right, but that's probably partly because he was being left with a two v one against Milan for like the whole last twenty. Well, not even a two v one because we didn't have a keeper. It was like a two v zero. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it will probably be that. Um, but again, it's like you say, if if he really wants to freshen it up, you get Hall and Barnes on the left hand side, and suddenly that's two pairs of fresh legs. So we don't know, but it, it, but like I said before, it's 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 nice to be able to start having these conversations about why right, this player yeah. can come in now and we can rest players for cup games and everything like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. probably the same and probably the same in goal as well, even though I didn't think um, Mr. Dubs had the best game. Um, he's, he is still our best fit keeper we've got, probably. We don't really know what, what Carrius brings, to be honest, but um, we haven't seen enough of him, but it, it's likely he'll just start again, Dubrovka. So it'll be pretty similar to what we saw at the end of the Milan game, I'd say. Yeah, it's uh, he's come under a lot of stick, I think, Dubravka, and you know, some of it's just, some of it's not. I think it, it goes a little bit too far um, at times, but you know, what was he? I think it's nine goals he's conceded in three games now. So, you know, this, this, he's either just not. He's again, as, as I think I've mentioned a, a couple of days ago uh, in our group chat, he hasn't played football in over a year, uh, really, because he didn't really play at Man U. I think he's had one game for them, and then preseason he had a couple of halves with us. So, you know, it might just take him a few games to. To get his bearings back, but really can't afford that, can we, Daryl? No, it's 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 really like the pressure is really on him to keep these clean sheets and not concede all these goals. But I think the mitigating factor in that as well is that the the eleven that him, that are in front of him as well. That back four has been put through hell, really, um, having to play all those minutes without really being changed up so much. Um, and I have to give credit to them for the effort they've been able to put in in that time because I mean. It's just been relentless for them. I think it's been, what's it been now? Maybe it's five or six games in a row now where it's been the same back four. Um, and then obviously when Nick Pope got injured, it came in to be 
uh, Dubravka. Um, so it's a lot to take in. And again, there's also that thing about as a back five unit, including the goalkeeper, when you know when when the, they've all played together as long as they have, it'll take a little bit of time to adjust to a change in there as well. And um, with that being Dubravka as well, because they would have had an understanding with Nick Pope about certain things in certain points in the game. And it'll just take a little bit of time for them to build that relationship with Martin Dubravka. Um, but I'm sure they'll get that chance. Absolutely. And then obviously, you know, if you look up top, I think it's a flip of a coin between Willock and Isak, really. It's, I think whoever hasn't had the the most minutes in the last game gets to start this game. Because um, they're both on equal form. They're both playing as well. I mean, Isak maybe wasn't as as good as he, as he has been. Um, but there's an argument that Isak maybe isn't fully fit either, Andy. He certainly hasn't no, seen it. No, I don't think so. He looks like he's been running in treacle a little bit the last few weeks, and I don't know whether that's mm. just a symptom of the rest of the team. I think Isak, he's not as willing to drop deep and do the dirty work as Wilson is, and that's not a, a proper criticism. I think he's just a different sort of player. We know yeah. that from his attributes, his best attribute is running in behind, quick finishing, instinctive finishing. He's obviously pretty good in the air. But he, we know he can carry the ball really well, so I, I think he needs to probably do that a bit more, especially when we're under the cosh, dropping deep and trying to beat a man and win a foul in the same way Gordon does. I just think he's a different sort of type of dribbler. Um, and yeah, he's had a couple of sloppy moments in front of goal. One that springs to mind straight away was against Everton. I think this is when we, I think this is maybe when it was 2 0. He got quite a nice chance where he did a really nice bit of play to beat the defender. And then mm. it looked like he just had to sort of just curl it in on his instep and he sort of tried to chip Pickford. Um, so he, he's not looked his best 100%. And I think it's it's similar, you know, if, if we're going to say about Trippier, he's just knackered. We need to give players like Isak and Alma on that same grace as well, because, yeah, they're not doing great, but they're clearly knackered as well. And I think we have seen, certainly from what Wilson said in his podcast, that them two pushing each other and rotating with one another is actually perfect for the type of people they are because they want that constant hunger to be better than the other person. Um, so I think it's nice to have Wilson back. I think he did OK in the first half against Milan. He held it up pretty well. Obviously, didn't get an awful lot to do. Um, but then I think, yeah, he kind of just maybe lack of sharpness, lost it a bit in the second half. Um, and he doesn't really have that pace anymore. So, yeah, we'll see. Flip of a coin. It'll just be up to the sports science people and how how sees them in training. Personally, I'd always rather see a fully fit Isak as the number nine now. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like them both. I trust them both. And hopefully we're in a position now where as the season goes on, we can flip them a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, we'll move on to our predictions. Um, Daryl, how would you like to start us mm. off this week? Go on then, I suppose. Um, hmm. I know that when like the, the result against AC Milan was taking a lot of people's minds. And I think, you know, we are in a tough position really when we think about it all. Um, and it is going to be a huge slog for the lads to, to go at it again and be able to grind out another result. But I think we do. I think we will. And I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Ooh. And we'll see. Maybe another goal from Joe Linton. And I'm going to say... Isaac to get on the score sheet as well. Because he likes to score against me. That was a that was an American... Uh, an American reality TV suspenseful pause there, Daryl. I must say. <laughs> 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 going to cut to everyone and then go to a commercial break. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy, mate, <laughs> what's your predictions for this one? 
well, you can find out my prediction on the next episode. Continue watching. <laughs> uh, no. I, uh, right. Well, because they've scored so many and we've conceded so many, you've got to think this is a both teams to score type situation. Maybe this will just be one of these iconic Premier League games where we win 4-3. Just, I, I don't know. I just feel like we need to get the winning feeling back. And I think it's going to be yeah. one of those games where it will be ridiculous, but we'll we'll find a way of doing it. Um, I think we will be a bit uh, better this game. And I, I think the home crowd, even though we've obviously lost now to Milan at home, I don't think that veneer of St. James's Park's gone. I think we're still going to be brilliant um, uh, at home. And my cousin's coming over from America to watch us, so we better win because, you know, that's a long oh, way to come. Don't, don't, don't let anyone know he's uh, got a ticket from America. Oh. Oh, uh, well, you know, uh, I'm sure it was all through proper means. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm actually allowed to assign my ticket to people with membership numbers, actually. Um, yes. Anyway, uh, I think we <laughs> will win this 3-2. I'm going to say this is going to be a Belton game. Uh, three. We need three goal, goal scorers, don't I? Um, could just have a hat-trick, couldn't I? Tell you what, yeah. Big Dan Burns back in the side. We'll have him, he can have a goal. And then we will say um, Almiron to silence some haters, even though I think he has deserved some of the stick. Uh, and we'll mm -hmm. say Wilson to score a pen to win it. And he's only going to kick it once. And it's going to be nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you said 4-3, that was a scoreline I had in my head. I think there's going to be a fair amount of goals in this one. Um, I think... You know, Fulham are scoring for fun at the moment. I think they scored three against Liverpool, even though they got beat. Um, you know, the the beat uh, the Forest and West Ham five 0 I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's there's goals for both teams to have, and I think you know we're due a bit of a bit of a goal fest as well. We we we're, we're used to blowing teams away, and it hasn't really happened that much of late. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go four three Newcastle. So I've got to pick four goal scorers. I'm going to go for an <laughs> Isak Brace. Um, and Jolin, and I think Bruno is well overdue a goal, so I think Bruno's going to get mm. get the fourth. Um, well, he should have scored against Milan. Might... How ridiculous was that save? He should have done. Oh, no. Oh. Ridiculous. I shouldn't bring it up. <laughs> no, this is not a reaction to the Milan game. No, but yeah, I'll go 4-3. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if he's playing, Lewis Miley will get another couple of little little cheeky assists because he's, he's done mm. so well mm. as of late. Um, boys, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, we are approaching the half hour mark. Thank you, everybody, for your time in listening to this one. If you've liked this sort of thing, uh, just scroll down from this video, hit the little thumbs up button. Um, if you want to subscribe, hit the subscribe button. And when you do that, a little bell appears next to that subscribe button. And if you press that button, you'll be notified when we post new content on this channel. Uh, if you want to go one step further, we do have a membership program. It's $2.99 a month. That gets you early access to videos. It also gets you access to the Telegram group and the Discord server, um, and also some exclusive content only available to members on the channel as well. And if you listen on the audio, either on Spotify or iTunes or whatever you're listening to consume your podcast with, all we ask is for a five-star rating, and that just helps us get up the charts and get into the eyes and ears of other Newcastle and possibly even some Fulham fans as well. Um, tell you what, Scott, you're such a pro. It's so good to have you back. <laughs> No, no slang well, on Daryl or Matty, but <laughs> on that note, we will leave it there. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Daryl, and thanks for watching. We'll see you in the next one. Pleasure. Ta -ra. See you later. Bye bye.
Podcast Network.